Hello, welcome to episode 216 of Three Bears a Movie. I am Richard Laird, and I'm with... Colin McKay. I'm very drunk, Colin McKay, already. <laughs> Slight, slight, slightly inebriated. Not not very drunk, slightly inebriated. And um, on the way to, to higher planes. I didn't know as, as... the way there, yeah. Um, very glad not <laughs> in the same room as you today, because I feel a bit... Even oh, dude! Try and keep you on the rail, try and keep you on the rail tonight, just try and keep you streamlined tonight, that's that's my Right, I will, I will listen to you like a fucking, like, you are my only focus tonight, you are like, I've got tunnel vision for you, <laughs> just for you, just, just for only, me. purely for you. For me, for the next 45 minutes to two hours, and um, how this goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, but you're obviously been out, I'm, I'm at home, we're both at home now, yeah, what are you drinking? I've been out, I've been out today, oh, tonight I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking Old Tom. Oh, look at that shit. Oh, look. Old Tom. Got a wee cat on it? Yeah, from Robinson's Brewery. And it's um, a a fucking hefty 8.5%. Oh, this is not going to end well for you. (laughs) But it is a wee bottle. I mean, look at the size of the bottle in my hand. It's one of the kind of like sort of like three, two thirds maybe. it's a stubby bottle. It's, yeah. it's not a massive bottle. So I, yeah. I can take it. I can handle it. I can take it. I'm, I'm, I'm good. We're good to the go. The last 20 minutes of me just talking to myself and trying to like resuscitate you with shouting at you. <laughs> Possibly. I've got, I've got one. What? I picked up one called Idaho Haze. Mm-hmm. From Bailey's Idaho. Theory. Is that in Idaho? It's not actually. It's from... What? It is from, oh, it's from Newlands in Wellington, New Zealand. That's a bit sneaky, isn't it? Like, fucking, yeah, we're like, kind of, yeah, we're all American, Idaho, by the way, we're fucking Australian in New Zealand, you New fuckers. Zealand, yeah. 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 <laughs> very, That's, very, um, quite fruity, nice so. Yeah. I would, I would question it on the website. I would say, why the fuck are you selling Idaho beer from... I mean, it's not. It's just it's just a name, dude. Like, there's no there's no punks mm. involved in punk mm-hmm. ideas. Like, so they're not like sort well, of ripping up. I, I, I kind of like because it's like a kind of fresh, new, kind of jazzy IPH kind okay. of punk. Me yeah, I, I, no, I'm I'm down with. I'm, I think if you've got a name, you know, you've got to be. No, I'm I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to email these fuckers. Okay. Tonight. Well, in that case, I'm never drinking Dead Pony Club again because that feels like it's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, or Pavlov's what, dog. What, um, what percentage is Dead Ponies Club? Can you remember? Uh, it's like 4.1 or something. It's, quite, it's, it's one of the ones I drink if I'm just one of the I wonder why it is called Dead Pony Club. Because we know Elvis is like the wobbly knees and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? We, yes. we kind of get the, 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 the meaning behind some names, but not all. So. I, can't remember, I remember went to a beer night at Brewdog once and they told me why it's called Dead Pony Club. I can't remember. Um, oh, dude, uh, you, you, you need to tell stories. That yeah. that that's a that's a fucking tale for 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 next term. week. Yeah. Uh, for, anyway, for, yeah. On to our watching. <laughs> what have you watched? Not the cinema this week. What have you watched? Oh, right. Not the cinema. I've got a list here. Oh, um, interesting. So yeah, <laughs> don't mock me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me have my stride and then mock me. Yeah, um, yeah, so first first thing on my list is um um Lula Rich. What is it? Uh, it's a documentary, which I I don't very watch surprising. Very surprising. Yeah, so it's a documentary on um, Netflix, uh, uh, and it's about um, pyramid schemes. Oh, um, right, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so it's all about this kind of woman that starts a, a kind of fucking business, and you know she does really well, and she passes it on to her friends who then yeah, yeah. do. Well, and then it was kind of down until it gets to the point where, like, you know, wait a minute, where, where is 
Whereas the very definition of a pyramid scheme, someone's getting yeah, rich, yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah, it is questionable. You know, you, you know, you're up here making money, we're down here, we're, we're paying for, for stuff that we can't sell, but you're getting money for the stuff that we can't sell, that we're paying for. So, you know, where, where is this? Where, where is this? Went wrong? Basically, the, like the Herbalife uh, thing, basically, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Herbalife is a prime example, sort of, of, um, of this. Or Avon, Avon, I always think feels like a pyramid scheme as a- well. Avon is. It's on the cusp. It's not quite, but it's on the cusp. It's kind of, it's a hard definition because I think to not be a pyramid scheme, you need to be offering a product that is not, you don't need to buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Whereas a pyramid scheme, it's like you've got to buy this product. Buy it to sell it. Yeah. 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 You get money from, you get money from like bringing other people into the scheme essentially as well. And not from selling the products. Yes. So you'll make make more in bonus than you will from, from, from sales um so, so yeah that that's pretty much the whole basis of what it is is based on this couple that start this this scheme and it just escalates into you know within like the case of two or three years it just goes from you know two people to two hundred thousand people in two years and it just explodes into madness uh, and then eventually, as they all do, they get they, they get taken to court, and you know, look, look, what the fuck are you doing? Do Within you know a bit, usually for about two or three years, are normally brought down, aren't they? Because like, it, yeah. it all kind of falls apart. They can move the money around enough that they can kind of cover up cracks for like two yeah. to three years. But, but eventually, yeah. you know, someone says something so poignant and it becomes clear that you know, no, this is a pyramid scheme. You know, yeah. this is not a multi-tiered marketing. Um, you know, scheme. This is a fucking pyramid scheme, and and this is what the 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 sad thing is about. Um, I kind of the, the name is Lula, fuck, Lula Ro, is it or something mm. like that? But um, the company is still going. There's the, the, the oh. the, despite, I mean, that the, there's lawsuits and lawsuits and complaints and complaints and you know, fucking Facebook, Instagram everywhere you know about this shit and the, the, the people are still unfortunately what is the point of doc- is the document you're trying to expose it or is it sort of like I, I think it's a bit of both i think it's trying to expose it because they have interviews for the founders and they right. are very much unashamedly we have not done anything wrong you know they, they're very much you know really i, I don't know they you know I, I didn't realize that and so they, they're pure cunts for the start mm. um uh, and you know it's just kind of going through the, the, the kind of employees that work there, the kind of their thoughts and what's happened and stuff like that as well. And by the end of it, yeah, I mean you do see definitively as a, a pyramid scam. scheme, but yeah. I, I, I think the difference is is that there's a very thin line between pyramid scheme and multi-level marketing, and they kind of they, they're on the other side of multi-level yeah. marketing other than pyramid scheme. Yeah. So they're still getting away with the the. Freaking nonsense! But um, it's only only three three episodes long, and each one's about an hour, and it just you know it, yeah. it jumps at you each one, and you get involved in it. And by the end of it, you know you'll have your own conclusions. But yeah, this this to me was definitely a user bad people up to no good, and you should really really stop doing. It's a very no interesting choice from you because you're not normally a man yeah. who goes for such a thing. Well, guess who guess who wanted to watch that? Your good lady wanted to watch that. Uh, yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed, indeed. Um, the, the the next one we watched that uh, we finished off. Oh, is um, Kevin can go and fuck himself. Yes, you're talking about this. Yes, we, we, we yeah we we finished it off. So that that's the first season done and dusted. Um, does it end in a do, way that's going to be a second season? And it's through like it's places oh, to go. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean de- yeah, definitely leaves a lot of kind of you know questions unanswered, and you know I want to know what happens next and stuff like that. Um, 
dude, th- th- this is a show you you need to you need to see this show. Mm. Um, and I think you in particular because I think you'll get the zeitgeist that's saving it. Do yeah, you know what I mean, it's going for something and stylistically it's made a choice and I think you'll totally latch on to that choice mm. and be like, yeah, I fucking know exactly where you're going with this. Cool. Um, and I think you'll get a lot from it. But um, yeah, good good conclusion. Um, you know, tie stuff up, but not enough that, you know, it can't it can't progress nicely to the next season as well. So mm. yeah, very good. But overall, as a first season arc, um, really, I mean, the, the, the first one, you think you're watching, you think, okay, that was weird. And the second one you watch and you're like, damn, I'm, that's me, I'm gone. Aye. And then just it just ramps up each episode until it gets to this conclusion, but it's just like, yeah, there's there's more to come and it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Yeah. I mean, it's only nine episodes, so I could probably or eight episodes, I could yeah. drop it out in a week in a, a weekend. They're all like maybe 40, 40 minutes seems 40, 40, 40, 40 minutes yeah. seems to be a sort of rough time. Yeah, most I, of them, yeah. I mean it's it's a day or two as you and if you're you know insistent and you know that's mm. what I'm watching, it's a day or two. And if you want to take your time, like a week, you know, spread it over an episode each night and maybe a week in a finale for the end of the week. Um, I'll do you well, but no, sir, what you what you watch this because you will get the zeitgeist incredibly well. Yeah. I will I have it on the list. I have it on the list. Okay. Yeah. Next, what else have you been watching? Um, <laughs> next one we, we finished up is uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. We finished that as well. Oh, who's that, in that? Someone big's in that. Oh, the, the, oh, Christ, the, Melissa McCarthy, that's, Bobby Cannonvale, um, Luke thinking, Evans yeah. is in it as well. Um, your boy, fuck, what's his face? Um, Michael Shannon? Yes. Is, is, is in it as well. Nicole um, Kidman's in it as well. Nicole Kidman, new screen queen. What's her face? Mm. Um, oh, what's his Samara face? Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving, yeah, big, big cast. Dude. Big cast, yeah. And th- this is a weird one because Lorraine had started watching it Um and I kind of dropped in around about the third season mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like making tea and like kind of dinner stuff. I was like, oh, what, what's this in the background? And I picked it up properly from the fourth season and from the fourth to the end season is when I kind of really joined in. But Episode, you, know, you mean, not season, fourth episode. Yeah, it, it, sorry, episode, episode yeah. Um, I don't feel like I missed anything. I felt like, right. you know, like when I stepped in, I was like, yeah, cool, I get this. And by the end of it, I was I don't feel like left out by the first three episodes. So this is this is another good watch, man. It's a slow burner. Right. And it, it is very much a character study. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just taking nine characters and just kind of slowly but surely unpeeling them and then unpeeling the antagonists and putting it all together. And it, it just kind of comes to that that final episodic melting point of shit, yeah, that 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 mm. you know, that all made sense. That was good. I can see how that you know, squeezes in there and how that works and stuff like that. There is potentially scope for another season. Potent- right. I mean, I mean, if they do, it'll fuck it up. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you take it on the basis of watch this one season, Jesus Christ! It, it, I mean, it, I, I'm it, looking at it now. I mean, the director of it is uh, Jonathan Levine, who done uh, Longshot and Snatched and The Night Before and Warm Bodies and Fifty Fifty and things like that. So, yeah. Done some interesting stuff, so it looks like it's got a decent bit of um, like pedigree behind it. It's not just you know, it's yeah. it's, it's a wee bit I more about it. The biggest David E. Kelly as well involved in it as well. I noticed. Yeah, the the biggest problem I think that, that I could find was critics were like, you know, it, it was leading nowhere and it was right. boring, and it's like you know, let it fucking breathe. You know, let um, what's the one that like later done with it? The kind of boy over fifteen years. Boyhood. 
that's, you know, if you don't let it breathe and if you don't yeah. get what you're going for, it's fucking boring. Do you know what I mean? But if you go in with a mindset, of, you know, that, you know, this is like, you know, a man fucking taking a project over 15 years and making it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an interesting movie. And this is very much the same. Do you know what I mean? I think you've got to go in with a mindset of, you know, yeah, it's fucking slow and it unwinds, but, you know, it does so in a very purposeful, purposeful way. I mean, so things that the show's been big just now recently. I've been, I mean, like, Mare of East, do you watch Mare of East when it was on? Some of it, yeah, bits and bobs, yeah. That, again, that unfolded slowly, you know. It, was a, yeah. um, it wasn't exactly, it wasn't rushing to conclusion. Same even things like, you know, Westworld is out just now. There's, there's no rush to get something, but that's the whole point of television. You've got that time. Now, sometimes you do go too far with it. There's some things you've watched people like, well, you've done it in 12 episodes, you probably could have done that in nine. You have like sort of essentially wasted two episodes doing nothing. But there is a sense like if you've got the time, use the time to explore it. Make you sort of more open. Yeah. Um, uh, this does it perfectly. It just each episode is just, you know, just gives you enough to make you want to watch the next one and the next one, the next one, until you get to the end and you're like, I don't know if it is a firm conclusion, but if it's not, I'm happy enough for the conclusion it gave me that I'm like, you know, if they don't do a second season, mm. I'm cool with that. If they do, I'm cool with that as well. So, yeah, okay. it, it kind of leaves it, leaves it open. But, yeah, watch Colin's it. Get through a lot. Um, Anything else you've watched of interest? Maybe. Maybe. Um, you <laughs> there's an abbreviation that I don't know what it is. Because okay. <laughs> my name's right And the last one I'll go for is What If... Did you watch this week's What If? I actually quite enjoyed this week's What If. Yeah, for me, that is probably the most concrete kind of, you can see as a series where it's all kind of going. Yeah, it, it, felt like it, all... it, it, it felt like it had some level of story. And this one, it's got it's basically, it's What If Ultron had won. So what if it in um, Age of Ultron, rather than the Avengers stopping um, Ultron from you know taking over the, yeah. the world, the, the Ultron succeeded, and what spanned from there, and basically he gets his hand on the Infinity Stones very quickly, which I thought was really awesome, um, and then yeah. he sort of basically goes upon, <laughs> you know, basically destroy not only the world, but basically the entire universe and the multiverse, essentially, goes after. Everything he, Everything. his mission is to just wipe out all of it, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, all of it's but, got to go. It felt like it didn't feel quite as episodic as the other ones, like because all the other ones, apart from the Doctor Strange one, which kind of does tie into this one a little bit, it didn't feel like it was. It felt like it was actually it, it was part of something that could be bigger. Whereas the rest of them all felt right. very, very sort okay. of like episodic. The same thing you watch the Simpsons and you watch like Simpsons episode and it's like a Halloween episode, and you yeah. go, "Well, this doesn't mean anything because it's just it's, it's it's standalone. It doesn't have any tie to any of the, any of the series. You know, you feel like it's, it's out there. It doesn't really matter. Right. So. To give you some hope and and kind of cheer for next week, I think this is a two parter. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, well, it ended abruptly. Ne- yeah, I thought ne- yeah. next week is part two, so that's probably why you're feeling a bit kind of you know what. No, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed what, bringing the watcher. On. I like the fact of bringing yeah. the watcher into it because I think he's one of yeah, the really interesting yeah. and actually using him rather than just being a narrator. He's actually becoming a character that, in the show. That for me was like. Um, the Yoda moment in Star Wars where Yoda yeah. steps up and you know he whips out his lights for and you're like, fuck me. You know, that that was that moment right there. I was like, oh fuck, you know, he he yeah, the watchers more than more than the watcher. I was also um, excited we got what looked almost like a glimpse of a certain giant planet eating creature. I thought that as well. And I was I don't like, think it, it is, it, but it's very I, similar. Yeah, I, I thought I, I was totally like fuck um 
maybe yeah I, I hope you're right that yeah. um I, I don't think so because he's a separate yeah geeks you geeks are listening yeah. going yeah we, we don't yeah. he's a separate you know he's well, they do make the the ultron the ultron vision thing they have like who had become like the sort of ultron main mm. character they do give him a very looking like that character Believable, yeah. yeah. If that's how he was going to turn out, then yeah, that that's how he was going to turn out. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it a lot. That I mean, the, the, there was plot holes agape. You know, yes. if you want to fucking focus on them, then you know, be a dick and do that. But you know, otherwise, I was just absorbed in the episode itself and the storytelling. Yeah, it's and, definitely it's a very up and down series so far. But that was definitely yeah. one of the better ones. That was definitely I've really enjoyed that one. <laughs> Do you, do you feel that this is a direct lead on to Multiverse of Madness? I am intrigued by just on the whole MCU does this stuff tie into the MCU. Because um, mm. in theory it can and it also can, you know, because it's like mm. well, it's, it's, if you're bringing in a multiverse and basically everything and nothing is possible, you know, you can yeah. do anything you want but, and also do nothing you want to do. Yeah. Anything you do, some will not, will not have quite as high estates, which I think is my big worry that because they've put it in already. But then yeah. Loki's introduced the multiverse. So Loki's like full on, here's yeah. the fucking, you know, I'm Loki, I'm in this new place. No one knows me. Multiverse. And this show is just, you know, I think it's gently easing you into, you know, here's what the multiverse could be. And in this episode, I think it's like, you know, there you go. You you the multiverse me, I mean I'm enjoying the multiverse stuff. I like multiverse and like the comic books. But I do have worries about multiverse on screen because it could be a way to sort of essentially anything that doesn't work and the fans get pissed off at, they can just go, oh, we'll bring something in from another universe and then that'll negate what happened. So if people are unhappy, oh, for example, yeah. that Iron Man is now dead, which he is, and it was a brilliant way to end that character, yeah. suddenly, the fans go, we want him back, we want him back. So Disney going to get a dump truck worth of money back to RDJ dump. and bring yeah. him back. You go, yeah, you totally have him back, but it's not... It, it yeah. sort of it belittles that moment in the film if if he comes back. Yeah, I feel like personally the, the multiverse has got to be contained within the new Spider Man film and mm. the Doctor Strange, Strange movie. Yeah. I think it's got to be you know that you know we we'll, we'll fucking we'll, we know what it is. Yeah, it's big. Here's a wee you know vision of what it is, but you know we it's contained. It, yeah. it's in these two films. Yeah. Hopefully, the... oh, although Iron Man, what's that? Quantum, quantum mania. Um, quantum mania. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's potentially kind of dipping its toe into some weird. They are, they are doing this stuff. Well. Said, there's potential to do some really interesting, great stuff with it. My worry is how it might be used in all to sort of reset perceived yeah. wrongs, yeah, uh, story choices. You know, the idea Which like, is you, shit. You know, yeah. I think I, 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 I do sternly, fucking sternly think if a studio's made a decision, stick with it. Respect it, you know yeah. I mean? like that. That's the fucking choice I've made, and yeah. you know, if you don't like it, then you know, stop fucking watching. Yeah. If you, you know, if you do like, it, you want to see where it's going, then yeah, you know, by all means, buy that cinema ticket. Yeah. But you know, if you're not happy about it, then get off the fucking bus. You know, I, or even just you can choose not to enjoy that one. That's the thing. You can just choose. Yeah. Not to, yeah. Aye. Like, yeah. We, no, we've all done it. We all, we all refuse to accept what happened in Thor Two. We just none of us really like it. <laughs> no, we just don't I, watch I it. I do struggle to find good. With Thor 2. Um, see, see if you watch the first two Thor films and then even you watch the first Avengers film, the way he plays Thor is completely different oh, to what Thor Ragnarok. is. 
Yeah. A, every other character has got a through line of which you go, I can see from the very beginning, I can pretty much see that character. Thor is completely different. He, he is, yeah, he, he starts out all fucking drapes and Shakespeare. And, right. you know, by, by the time Waikiki gets his hands on him, he's like, no, you know, fuck this, rule book out the window. He's, a comedy, he's, he's just a pure comedy character. Yeah. Which is a shame because he, he's good. We've seen it in Ghostbusters as well. He, he's 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 dynamite comedy. I don't mind being comedy. He's comedy than he is Shakespeare. Yeah. Do you know what I, mean? I don't mind being comedy. Scene. I just yeah. The, the, the first two films obviously they were going for a different tone. They were going for like sort of and mm. the, the tones don't really match up. Anyway, anything else of interest you've watched? Movies. <laughs> um, start with some cinematic releases. Did you go see this in the cinema? Or did you watch The Green Knight on Amazon? I watched that on Amazon. Okay, well, I went to cinema to watch it because I'm a good boy. Did you, you poor bastard? I went to GFT to watch it. I've not been to GFT in about oh, wow. three years, so I was actually quite excited to go and I had a really nice a nice evening out of the GFT. Um, Until you watched the film. Anyway, The Green Knight, directed by <laughs> David Lowry. Um, Where else directed, has he directed? He yeah. has done A Ghost Story. Oh, the one yeah. with the sheets and yep, done, for 10 minutes. Yeah, he's done The Old Man and the Gun, and he also done Pete's Dragon as well. So he's got a kind of an eclectic mix of, of movies. Um, What's your favourite of his movies so far? I really like The Old Man and the Gun, but I did yeah, also really like enjoy Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon was next level fucking, yeah. like, proper feels and that. I mean, I think we went to see it together, and I think... The second time I seen it, I was with my kids and I yeah. fucking bawled like a baby. I was just like tears. It definitely tapped into it. Face. Definitely deserves to be bigger than what it was. It tapped into that sort of real Amblin sort of movie, sort yeah. of like from the eighties. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the plot of this film is that there is a. It's set in the court of King Arthur. Um, yes. One of Arthur's, um, I think it's his nephew, possibly. Uh, is his uh, nephew? His, nephew. It's his sister's son. Yeah. His sister, yep. yeah. So at a celebration, it's a Christmas celebration. Um, a green knight arrives at the dinner um, they're having and he challenges anyone to fight no, him. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's essentially no, what it is. Not a green knight. This fucker's a fucking, he's like Groot on steroids. Okay, right, but he's, he, is the, yeah. he, is the, he is the character title, the green knight. He is, he is the he's a supernatural knight, being. By all he's the a big bastard. He's a big guy. Yeah. He turns up <laughs> and he puts down a, basically a, a pledge that any action done to him, you'll get his axe. But in a year's time, you have he'll be allowed to do what you did to him, essentially. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Whatever blow you strike, so, I'll strike in a year's time. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. the nephew steps up, and rather than just placing a small like nick on him, he basically beheads him. The green which knight, is invi- which is invited to do, do yeah. yeah. And also, just leading up to this, Sir Gawain, the, the nephew, is is a bit of a cunt. He's not. He's not a knight at that point. He's not. He's not a good path. No, he's not a good path. Yeah, he's definitely not a knight. But at that point, he's not. You know, he's not had the old sword and sword and shoulders and shit like that. You know, he's a bit of a dick. You know, he's a bit of a kind of fucking, you know, ladies' man. Like you know, oh, you know, I'll have by you, son tonight, my love. Yeah, he's a bit of a cunt. Yeah. So the knight then, the knight then picks up his head, (laughs) then leaves, and basically leaves the the knight to bait the the um. The nephew to basically for the next year contemplate what he's going to have to do because he's basically yeah. contemplating his downfall. He knows he's going to die in a year's time because he has to take this journey to go and face this night when he will likely be killed by a night because it's you know this yeah. that has to be done to him. And essentially, what you get then is basically him the journey of him going to the night, going to meet the Green Knight, the people he yeah. meets support along the way, and yeah. his contemplation of who he is as a man, what he could be as a man, um, and what his life. As was and could be. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. You yeah. didn't like this film because you've told me the past. Uh, sorry, in the film you've got Dev Patel. He plays the 
the nephew. Yeah, they sort of get, get away. Get away. Oh, yeah. so they don't say yeah. the way in the movie. They say like, like fucking gal. Gal. It's a kind of Welsh pronunciation. You've got Alicia yeah. Vikander turn up in it. She's up in everything. Uh, yeah. Joe Edgerton, Ralph Innocent, who I really like. Um, Sartre Chowdhury, Sean Harris, and Kate Dickey um, is also yes. in it as well. Um, so yes. we'll start with yourself because you always you've been quite you didn't like this song. Why did you not I like didn't this song? Like it. Um, it was just fucking dull. It was just shy of two hours, maybe. I think it's just I think an hour fifty nine, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty and close to two hour mark. It felt like you know, like you know, longer than, than, than it should have felt. Um, on on the pluses, um. The cinematography was, you know, some of it was lovely. You know, there were some really nice yeah. shots. And um, what's the boy that plays King Arthur again? Sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sean Harris plays King Arthur. He's fucking awesome. He's everything I, And everything. I mean, th- this boy is just good. And whatever. Remember Harry Brown? Remember Harry Brown? He's Harry also Brown? in um, Mission Impossible as well. Mission Impossible. And he just comes on and just does this whispery voice shit and you're just like, oh, fuck me, you bastard. And you, just, feel you've, you feel no matter what he's saying to you, you've upset him. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, and you're, and you're worried of what he's going to do to you. Yeah. Yeah, he's really, really good. And Dev Patel, I mean, overall, that there wasn't a particularly bad performance in the movie. No. Um, but I just felt like it just plodded along for one, like, Nonsensical scene to the next, and maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm stupid and I didn't get it. But you know, the first scene is like you know they come across this young vagabond boy who tricks him and sends him off to get robbed, and you're like, no, that was shite, you know. And then the next scene, it's like the stuff you were robbed of is back in this scene, but we're mm. not going to tell you why from the last scene. I'm like, well, you know, fuck you, don't. Okay, mm. fair enough. Next scene. And, and the next scene, it's like, you know, I'm a ghost, but I'm not really, and chop off my head, and then later on, I'll turn back up and you'll marry me, but you won't because I'm better. But well, just, you know, don't fucking Chris Nolan me. Just, you uh, know, let, give, give me a, let me at least try and understand what the fuck, you know, what's going on. And I get, like, this is all based on ancient tales and legends, yeah. and there's a whole, you know, of your Wikipedia fucking Sir, Sir Gawain, there's a big fucking list and list of shit that he's done and meant to have done. I get there's history here, but you know, I, I need to understand it. You can't just baffle me with your understanding of that history because I'm a layman. You know, you need to spoon feed that shit to me. And that that's what I felt was that a lot of the time I was just like, why? Why? Yeah, I, why? I don't disagree with what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying. What I would say, and I think this is a film which would really benefit from this, is I do not think streaming this film at home is the optimum way to watch it. Because I feel Ooh. even if you are watching it with what you think is full attention, I think when you're at home, your the attention naturally will wander. Right. When you're watching it at home. Okay. I think in the cinema, you've got more attention on it. And I would I'm thinking myself, when I was watching it from the cinema, I was actually thinking myself, well, if I'm if I stayed at home and watched this on Amazon, I think my attention would would wander away from it a little bit. Wow, because what's really funny is I'm the polar opposite. Watching mm. it at home, I was thinking I would feel so angry seeing this in the cinema. No, I think wow. it works. Number one, it looks amazing in the big screen. It looks fantastic in the big screen. Because um, okay. it is visually stunning. It is definitely more, if you look at um, Lowry's work, it's definitely more in the sort of the ghost story end of the spectrum in terms of the visuals <gasps> oh, compared yeah, to Pete's Dragon. Yeah. It's definitely more on that. He's not a director yeah. who wants to take a lot of 
he's not he's not rushing a shot. He's taking his time on a shot. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah, nothing, every, nothing unfolds yeah. quickly. Um, which is yeah. Um, yeah. I thought the soundscape. See, I think as well. See me watching at home. No matter how good your sound system is, it doesn't match the cinema sound system. And when you hear the sound in that film, it's just so penetrating for the whole movie. That see, made a big I, difference. I get at home. It wasn't. It, it yeah. was just quite insignificant and kind of back. Background at times are green. It was yeah. never, you know, thematic, so to speak. Yes, yeah. and that's a bit. I think that's a bit of a problem. So I think it's a film definitely. As much as I can, I can totally see where people come from. Who people who think like like yourself who, who maybe didn't quite embrace the narrative in the way that sort of the director would want it to, and, want, and maybe mm. as well. I do think the, the the streaming option for this film is not a way that it should be consumed. I think it should be at oh, least the first man. time. I'm looking forward to watching it again on um, mm. streaming. But yeah. first watch, I think I needed to see it on something that my attention was purely on it. And that, that's what I wanted to see. Um, I thought the performance was excellent. I thought Des Patel was brilliant. I thought um, he, yeah. John Harris playing like the King Arthur, he was great. I thought Ralph Inson, who played the Green Knight, didn't have many scenes. He had, like three scenes, but fucking nailed every single one of them. It was, like, he, he, was, he was unrecognisable, but you, you couldn't, you know, if someone said, who's that? You'd be like, I do. You know who he is? Ralph Inson. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's the boy that's in the witch. Yeah, yeah he's the dad in the witch. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a. I mean, he's one of my favourite actors. But I, I felt the opposite view. It, it was so makeup laden. Yeah, you couldn't see the performance behind. Yeah, the exterior. But I did love though. Yeah. Apparently, I was reading up on it. Most of this, like ninety percent of what's in it, is is all um, physical effects. Oh, it's not. CGI, 90% of it is all like even the stuff when he's so, in the horse and stuff like that, that's all done for real. And it's all they use, but from the close up, they use like a mechanical horse so they can just sort of, you know, get the idea. But pretty much as much as even all the stuff with the flame and stuff like that, it was all done um, for real for, for like 90% of it, which I think is really impressive as well. What I thought was, and, and you're saying that now, is when I was watching, the, the, especially at the start when Dev's kind of reading out of the town. Mm. Or his quest, and I was like, he doesn't look very comfortable on a horse. And no, obviously that is why because yeah. it was you know, it's a real fucking horse, oh. a real person, you know, and maybe he wasn't comfortable with a fucking horse. Yeah, but yeah, I couldn't help thinking I was like, he doesn't look like he's you know so if I can handle one of those beasts, and yeah, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, hey, been, like couple, there's a couple of directors who are breaking through recently, and I've, I've kind of in my mind I sort of compare them to sort of the directors I like as when I was younger, and. You've got the guy who did um, like Midnight Special and things, the ones we loved. He, he to me, feels like this the sort of this new Spielberg a lot. Or Jay Evans is sort of the new Spielberg. He was sort of like the new Lucas. Yeah. This yeah, guy yeah. feels a bit like the new Coppola a little bit of that grouping. He feels like that kind of guy who's going to be a wee bit like sort of more out there. He's, going to have, he's not be quite as, you know, possibly, yeah. possibly not quite as, you know, marketable in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can see, because you can see the influence of what he's doing. You can see like, you can see Spielberg in it. You can see Coppola in it. You can see, um, you know, um, Michael Mann in it. You can see all these kind of guys in his in his work. And it's interesting to see how he's putting it all together in, in his own way. So I, I'm I'm really if one of the things I'm really intrigued to see what he does next because this is totally different from the old man in the gun. It's not you know it's which was a great film and, and again and another slow burden you know yeah. it, it which again is fast. totally different yeah. from Peach Dragon so it's like I said yeah. I don't think it's a film for everyone I think a lot of people will 
going to expecting sort of like a King Arthur legend epic, which is absolutely not. It's definitely more a cerebral tale of, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that's where I lost the way was I yeah. didn't understand the metaphors possibly. There is a lot of metaphors in it, to be honest. It's yeah, metaphor heavy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it and I'm really looking forward to actually watching it again and see how much it holds up on the, the second view. Let out me know. 10, well, when, when you do watch it, let me know. And out of 10, I gave it a four. Four. I will double four. that and give it, I'll double that and give it an eight. Oh, so that's an average of what six? Six, yeah. Out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. Let me know what you think when you see it on small screen. And, yes. And see if you can see maybe that's what's kind of jaded. I def- I definitely think you watching the small screen first has at least knocked a couple of marks up. And I think yeah. you see particularly with the sound, the sound actually really made this film for me. Like the soundscape really washed over you and it really got into Whereas at, at home, did I don't want to put you off, but at home that sound is great as fuck. I it just it, it annoys you at home, you're like kind of I don't understand. And I felt the same because I recently yeah. rewatched um because you really liked we watched Midsummer again. Have you seen Midsummer? Yeah. No, you know, it's on our list for Halloween. Yeah. I watched in the cinema and there's a whole there's a soundscape in Midsummer that really gets right in your bones in the cinema. But when you yeah. watch it at home, it does become just sort of constant and it just sort of becomes more of a grating noise. It really gets yeah. to me. It, it, really, it, doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't really feel like it's part of the film. It feels like it's just this background you need, you need those speakers behind you, yeah. outside, you know, all, you know, you need that sound fucking, you know, yeah. You watch in, Midsummer, yeah. you'll, you'll dig Midsummer. Anyway, so 8 oh, out of 10 I'm, for that, I'm 4 out of 10 for it. So a solid right. 6 out of 10 for both of us, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. on to that one, there's one on Netflix that you've not watched, but I told you to watch, but it doesn't matter. It's called cool. Nightbooks, uh, directed by David Yorveski, which is, um, he done the film Brightburn, um, and oh, Hive. that's a good film. Yep. I've not uh, seen Hive, what's that? Right, tell me I've about not seen Hive. it either. I've only seen Brightburn ah, so far. Ah, um, okay. This is produced by Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert, the guys obviously behind The Evil Dead and many, many other horror films. Hercules and Xena. Seen as well. Um, the plot of this one is an it's sort of it's a it's a take on a kind of Hansel and Gretel tale as a witch living in a building, but rather than being like sort of a building in the middle of a forest, you know, and it's made of you know candy, it's essentially sort of a very fancy apartment in New York that she lures kids in by like sort of having treats and things like that, or um, you know, something on TV they want to watch, and the kids come in and if they take a bite of cake, they basically become trapped in this apartment. Um, and, yeah. and there's a young boy who gets trapped in the apartment, and his only way of becoming in order to not be basically killed by the witch and consumed by the witch, you have to prove yourself of use. So he has, to, he said he's one true talent. He's only like eight or nine years old, maybe about old, maybe, maybe 10 years old, as he can write scary stories. And the witch loves a scary story. So he has to come up with a scary story every single night in order to appease the witch, otherwise oh, you kill him. So this becomes an anthology. Yes. Um, oh, it's a very small going... cast. You've only got two, three, basically three cast members in it. You've got uh, the two kids. One is called Winslow Fegley, and another one's called Lydia Duet, who's another girl who has been caught in the, the apartment, and she she's useful because she can fix things. Um, the witch is played by one of my favourites, Kristen Ritter, um, who doesn't talk about enough stuff. But oh, I really like her. She, yeah. she's, she's, she's enjoying what she's doing in this because she's playing an evil witch. She's, she's always good. How is she an evil witch? Because I've only ever seen her playing like kind of. Disgruntled superhero or you know dead junkie. So, um, how, how is she? With you? She's good because we we first got to see her in uh, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment Twenty Three. You all seen that comedy? It's like a sort of it, it only ran for like half a season, but it was, she she plays a bitch really well. And this is sort of she's in that kind of zone again. Um, okay, yeah, this is it's, it's a kids movie, but it is a lot darker than I expect from a family horror. It's kind of what I, remember the witches remake that came out recently. Yeah. Like that felt 
too light and too fluffy for what a witch's film should be. That film scared me. This had a bit more darkness to it. Um, it's a nice conceit and it's a nice idea, but it does run out of energy in the third act when they try and sort of like tie it all up and bring it all together and sort of really kind of land the, land the story. Yeah. Um, uh, Ritter's having a shit ton of fun. The two kids are, well, I'll put it this way, Lydia Jewett, the young girl in it, she's excellent. She really has a kind of moxie and I really, I really liked. The other kid in it, Winslow Fegley, he is just on the wrong side of being irritating. Like, I don't mm. think it's a good kid performs. I think, and I really feel bad about like sort of telling kids they can't, they're not good because I feel like that's nasty. But yeah. I think when you watch good kid, you can see a good kid performs, you go, right, I believe that kid in that role. This one, I just, I didn't really buy him as who he was. And that could be more about the casting rather than him. Yeah. I think the only kid movie you could potentially do what you're saying with is Home Alone. Yeah. Like, Kevin, you're a wee dick, but you're fucking. You know, yeah, you know, you know, be a wee dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, this kid's he's not a dick, and I just don't it? think his his way of the character isn't quite the way you think. The ca- it, it's it's doing two different things, um, right. and that can, and I think that's right. more down to casting rather than the kid playing the role. Because I mean, he's only he's a young kid. I mean, how much can you actually force yeah. him to, to do stuff? Yeah, um, yeah. What can you get? It's like Jake Lloyd and fucking Phantom Menace. Exactly. Like, it's yeah, not his fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah the kid's doing what he's told to do, but ultimately. The kids do, he's fucking told to do. I mean, that's yeah. what you're going to see in the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's done well from the budget. But it does because it's it's all set in this apartment essentially. Um, it's feel like kind of like a bottle episode of a TV show. It's all set in this one kind of apartment. Um, the the, the scary stories are told as sort of little vignettes by like sort of um, animation. Obviously, that was obviously a budget oh, thing right. as well. Okay. So that's quite yeah. cool. That's quite nice. Um. It's, it's, it's fun, it's nice, it's sweet, it's, it's, it's got a wee couple of scales in it, it's, it's decent family watching. The only thing about it is it's not particularly unique, it's very, remember that one, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, that was out a few yeah. years ago? Yeah. They still, there's a lot of stuff in that that popped up in this again, down to the sort of like the tooth fairy kind of creatures and stuff like that, they were in, even they were in Hellboy and stuff like that, it's just, it's yeah. not, there's nothing particularly unique about it, but yeah. for a Netflix film, for a, like a, a like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon watch with the kids, it's definitely, it's not a bad watch by any stretch of imagination. Cool. Out of 10? Six and a half. Cool. Just briefly touching on um, self-contained movies, like mm. movies set in a single location. Um, we, we watched, uh, me and Lorraine watched the other night, The Disappearance of Alice, Alice Creed. Creed, yeah, it's good. Well done. Yeah, and uh, uh, very similar. It's set in... You know, it's, it's all set in a fucking bedroom. Do you know what mm. I mean? Basically, like, you know, they kidnap this girl and, you know, and, you know, unfolds from there in the bedroom. And yeah, but like, I've only, I mean, I've only seen it once years ago and we revisited it last night. And fuck yeah, man, it's a tense film. Um, Eddie Marson is mm. just outstanding all the way through it. Um, Gemma Arterton, again, she plays the, the, the protagonist very, mm. very well. But, yeah, it, it just kind of gives you this, it, it kind of tunes into that, you know, it's a fucking room, do you know what I mean? She's locked in that room, she's chained up, and it, it just monopolises that that kind of set to the point of, like, you know, but, you know, you're edgy receipts, yeah? Mm. Um, which I take it, this this doesn't quite achieve. No, I mean, it, it does, but just within the realms of a kid's movie, yeah, yeah, you know, so you're you're hamstrung a little bit by that. You can't go full out with it for the kids' film. You know, you've got to yeah, try and yeah. bring it back to some degree. So if if I watch it with Caleb, who's eleven at the weekend, he's going to enjoy it, but not be too 
scared by it. I, I would say so, yeah. I don't, I don't think yeah. really scared. It's darker than I expected, but I wouldn't say it's like, you know, pitch black, terrifying or anything like that. You know, it's, it's yeah. fine. Um, on from that, on to the last film of the week, which is still out in the cinemas, and it's called Herself. Which oh, brilliant. which I've missed. I'm not going to get to see this. I know I'm not, and I'm, yeah. I'm quite sad because I really wanted to see this film. It's directed by Philadelphia Lloyd, who directed Mamma Mia and The Iron Lady. Um, Mama, how Mia. good is How good, right? Whoa, whoa, Mamma Mia, right. So, yeah, so, right, Mamma Mia is a weird one because, uh, sorry, because <laughs> I'd, I'd never seen Mamma Mia in the cinema. Um, right. or on DVD or, or Sky or anything and the first time I was exposed to Mamma Mia was when I went to the cinema I think maybe me and you seen Mamma Mia too Jill, right yeah. so uh, maybe I was myself yeah at a fucking party uh, I seen Mamma Mia too and I was like pure wow fucking this is brilliant and I was pure it's like, like I love share, dude I've got a bonus for share like the size of you do you know what I mean? I do not. Hell. I don't like. I don't like disco. I don't like ABBA and everything about it. I love it, man. But I, I told that, and then I, I kind of watched the first one in like Netflix or something. And I was like, oh my! I was like pure oh fanboy. Do you know what I mean? Like, You're fucking... so such a sad bastard. Anyway, I get it. People you... love it. I'm, I'm, it's not aimed at <laughs> Dude, me. It's not I, aimed at I, me. I, I get, get them both. Both of them, I get them, man. I fucking get them both. Like, in a I, I get it. Like, I get they're well made. I get the thing, but it's just it, they're not aimed at me. So I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm I, love, I love them. Me and Jill, see next time they're out in cinema, because they both go see them together. Me and Jill can go together. And me and Lorraine can go and see the Green Knight too. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) The plot of this one is, it's definitely not my mirror. The plot of this one is there's a young woman who is in a, she's two young kids and she's got a husband and the husband is a dick. He is abusing her, battering her. Um, Mm. And essentially the film starts off, you see that scene of like him coming home and basically, you know, beating her senseless. Yeah. Um, She makes an escape. Um, from the house and she ends up in sort of like sheltered accommodation living in a hotel she's finding it very difficult to try and get another house you know she, there's basically nothing available in the area and it's sort of no one's allowed her to rent anywhere anywhere she can rent is like ridiculously disgusting and yeah. charging exorbitant rent so she comes upon this idea of building her own house, house. Yeah, um, yeah. and Fuck she has no idea how to do this yeah. but she starts I'll enlisting do it myself, yeah. That's enlisting help from people in the local community to try and help her build this house. Um, she's gifted the land by the owner of an, a big estate house whose her mum cleaned that house in the past when she was younger. Um, so the woman gifts her this land and she tried to build this house. And essentially it's a story of this woman trying to find a way in the world, trying to you know, balance the idea of being a mother, working like four different jobs and at the same time trying to build this house and also at the same time dealing with the trauma of... The abusive relationship. Yeah, abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And the husband still, or the ex-husband still hanging around, making moves on the kids to try and get them and trying to fuck with her head. The way people do in a divorce, particularly when it's a, a sort of gaslighting situation where the the, the 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 partner has been so, you know, sort of imposing on him on the relationship, and he's he's now losing that control. He become he sort of takes it to yeah, you know, dark place. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. dark place. Um, yeah. And the film you got Claire Dunn, she's also the writer of the story, which I was really uh, impressed to see a, a writer actor. You don't you know, apart from Affleck and Damon, I can't really think of too many who are doing it. Woody Allen, but that's not really good comparison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harriet Harry Walter popped up in it as well. Molly McCann, Ruby Rose O'Hara play the two kids, and Ian Lloyd Anson plays the dickhead abusive husband. Um, this is a well told, I was, didn't have much, I didn't really know what to expect from this, but I found it really well done, really thoughtful drama that packs a really meaningful punch and it and you come away from it really feeling something, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
great performance from the young girl in the lead. I've not really seen her anything else. Um, I, um, so I'm, I'm one thing I'll keep an eye out for her in the future. You know, this is something that's a nice calling card to have. You know, this is the film she done to sort of break through and get this sort of recognition. Yeah. Um, the cast are okay. Are they all Irish? Are, are they? Is that an Irish cast? It's an Irish, yeah, it's an Irish cast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, the rest of the cast don't quite have as much to do, but what, what they do do is also very, is all very good. They're not, there's no real, there's, a, there's one scene when they're sort of like having a party when it's a bit caricatured, when it's all, they're all, they're all playing Irish fiddles and they're singing Bewitched and Whiskey in the yeah. Jar and they're all singing, but I feel like, as, as they do. And I feel like it, it <laughs> almost does seem too caricature. We're also going, I've no Irish people, and that is kind it's, of what they like. They kind of are like it, that. They do like, yeah, they do like a sounds thing. like, um, that's why I'm adding that. It's what it sounds like that kind of caricature of Scottish people. So kind I mean, of. It's like, oh, wait a minute. That's yeah. not what we're fucking no. like. You know what I mean? But it's, the Irish, uh, I think they do a lot yeah. of sing songs. So it is, it is, it's, <laughs> it's just on that line of being a little bit too, kind of like, what's the word, like twee about, about Irish culture. It's, it's not quite Wild Mountain Time level. Mm, it's, yeah. it's just it's that, that, that one yeah. scene is right in the border. Does it work within it the works, context it works of the movie? Fine. It works yeah. fine. It's, it's, yeah. The rest of it's all completely fine. It could be actually set anywhere the rest of the film. It's just that's the one scene you go, oh, that's very Irish. That's sort of like, you know, <laughs> short of a leprechaun walking through, you could really get it much more Irish. <laughs> but what happens in that scene, what happens Fucking in that scene, really, there's a nice, there's a real switch in that scene when you go from like sort of the real fun, happy Irishness of it all and party time to something else happening and, and, and the juxtaposed of that moment is really, it does hit home, you see it in the, you see on, on, on screen um, really swift run time as well does not mess around, um, it's like about just, I think about 100 minutes long so it just battles through the story, it's just it's trying to tell a story, trying to tell a moment, it's not trying yeah. to linger and it's really, there's not a lot of fat on it okay, um, it's included 90 minutes done, done. tell a story, that's all it's trying to do yeah, um, yeah. It, it is really triggering. I can imagine someone who has been through anything or know people who've been through anything like this, it could be quite a triggering movie because, like, the scene you see her getting, you know, the sort of final beating, essentially, it sort of breaks her and sort of eventually yeah. gets her run away. It's insanely brutal. It's it, There's no, you know, no punches pulled, so to speak. It's, it's a really horrific, horrible scene to watch. And you sort of see that scene throughout the film as a motif because you start to see other parts of it that are sort of, that lead into other parts of the story. And it becomes as horrifying as it is in the first viewing of it, as they sort of keep going back to it and showing you other elements of what this means, it becomes even yeah. more horrendous throughout it. So it is a really yeah. tough moment to watch in the film. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a really well done, really well told story. And if it's, I don't know, if... If any one of those films, it's a good calling card for everyone in it to sort of say, this is what I was in, this is like sort of my breakthrough, and hopefully mm. everyone in it can use it to bounce off into, you know, something else. Okay, cool. In the same so way when I first name. saw um, the Lady Macbeth and yeah. Florence Pugh was in that, I'm going, oh, right, I'm going to keep an eye on anything she does for the next, like, 10 years, because she is a really, and I have been shown that I am correct, Florence Pugh is fantastic. S- Sasha Ronan. Sasha Ronan as well. We yeah, go like, I yeah, want to see yeah. anything she does now for the future because she's obviously very good. And that's kind of clear. Yeah. Because that's not quite on that level, but she is very good to watch. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay. Cool. Um, I, I'm really sad because I don't think it's getting a lot of a screen time and I think it's, it's out by next week. Well, I think there's um, a big so, film out next week that's going to basically screw up all the screen yeah. and take anything off. So I'm kind of sad. I really wanted to see this and unfortunately I've been working late, so... 
you know, for the past, you know, weekends and for hours. Just, uh, and I'm, I'm really generally sad that I've got to see it. The so. good thing about it is it's an Amazon release, so it'll probably be on Amazon Prime, probably relatively but quickly. How will it look on a fucking 49-inch screen? It'll, it'll look fine. There's yeah. not, it's not one of those yeah. you need to see in the cinema. It's definitely, a, it's definitely going to work on the, the small screen. Cool. Well, that, that's some hope. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely work. Out of 10? Seven. Oh, seven. Why? Yeah. Why? Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you've just said you like this. Give, you know, it's, it's fucking empowering. And, and you know, why Why seven, sir? There's a little bit, there's some of the stories a little bit jumbled when it's sort of, it, there's maybe one too many strands of story in it. It's sort of, you get a story with the house, you get a story with her doing the job, you get a story with like the custody battle with the kids. And because you're getting right. three or four stories at once, you're not really getting the sort of full impact of all three stories. Right. When okay. they maybe kind of focused on one part of it. But you kind of need the custody battle to, to justify certain things. But it does yeah. feel a little bit split and maybe the time's not there. And just, it's not a 10 out of 10 classic. I mean, like sort of, but it's, it's just a well done film, I would say. Just well done. Seven? No, I mean, se- dude, sevens. Yeah. Seven's a high, seven's a high grade. Seven, seven, seven's like something yeah. when you go and see this. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, seven's like, you know, seven's not a bad film. You know, no. four's, three, two's a bad film. You yeah. know, seven's like, you know, yeah, this, you know. The, seven, 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 I'm, seven, I'm saying you should definitely try and see this film. Yeah, for, no, okay. for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Okay. Um, next week, we we have... Um, well, on bond, every single bond, 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 Every single screen in the country is showing double seven, no time to die, and that's all you have to watch at cinema. Anything else that's on will be showing like once a night at yeah. like nine o'clock at night. Um, uh, is there water. anything else out? There's nothing it's new so... out. I think no. many things in New York still showing, um, which we might yeah. try and get to see. Um, we have Free Guys still out, which is weird because it's just hit Disney+. Which is, is, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that tonight, actually. I was like, oh. Um, also, yeah. out, so Double Seven, <laughs> No Time to Die, a big film this next week. If we are going to watch more stuff, on Netflix, we have one called The Guilty, which is um, Jake Gyllenhaal as a, a 911 operator, and he's trying to stop a young oh. girl from getting kidnapped, which sounds Ooh. interesting. Um, and Gyllenhaal. also... Always interesting. Yeah, it was always, always interesting. Yeah. And on Amazon Prime, we have one called Infinite, which is Mark Wahlberg and Chewy Ejiofor. Um, oh, okay. I, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if Mark Wahlberg again is trying to play a scientist, so they put glasses on him and possibly <laughs> and Marky Mark. He doesn't convince his fucking yeah, science. Yeah. There are times when, you know, there's times you put Marky Mark up against guys who are a lot better at his job than he is. Like, see, you put him up against Denzel, you put him against, up against Chewie, I feel mm. one will show one up, you know, if, if you're really mm. being brutally honest. But that is also out. He, he, he is Marky Mark, and he has he, he does have presence. Of, of, He's got know. charm. I like Marky Mark. Yeah. Tell me what to find us. You can find us at Free Beers of the Movie. That's uh, number three. Beers of the movie at Gmail uh, or Instagram or on um, Gmail as well. Just look us up. Let us know what you think. Um, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we always love hearing from you folks as well. Um, I've been Colin. You've been Richard. And we've been. Three beers in a movie.